When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This holiday season, Lexus wants you to remember. Nothing feels as good as making others feel good. Those so-called feel-good holiday films? They can't hold a gingerbread-scented candle to the feeling of giving them something that gives them all the feels. Make this December one to remember, together. Click the banner to discover more. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. From Belly Up Sports and the Belly Up Podcast Network, you're listening to the Sports Stove Podcast with your host, Vince Stover. Here's what's cooking on today's Sports Stove Podcast. We are recapping, talking about the NBA draft. Not draft grades necessarily, but... Just some thoughts and opinions about how the draft went and how some teams are looking heading into the NBA free agency. That's what's cooking on today's Sports Stove podcast. It is time to turn on the Sports Stove. Welcome into today's Sports Stove Podcast, brought to you by Belly Up Sports. Go to bellyup.com. You can find articles, other podcasts, and merchandise all available there on the website, bellyup.com, bellyupsports.com, and the Belly Up Podcast Network. We're also brought to you today by RA Marketing. RA Marketing offers turnkey digital marketing services for financial advisors. They've worked tirelessly to create a winning Facebook ads formula that delivers the ROI advisors need. You can find more information about RA Marketing at GoRADigital.com. That's GoRADigital.com. We are talking about the NBA today as we are coming fresh off of the NBA draft. And uh, we're not going to do grades. We're one of those people who believes you can't grade a draft right after it's been done, but we are going to share some opinions on some good things, some bad things, some things that we liked, some things that we did not like, some teams that are now in better situations, and some teams that may not quite be in the best situations also. I want to start off talking about one of the early surprises in the draft was Patrick Williams. The Chicago Bulls drafted Patrick Williams number four overall, and surprised a lot of people. There was a lot of talk about Patrick Williams going up the draft board and maybe a lot of attention with him at number seven even. And so you say, well, is number seven and number four that big of a difference? No, not really, especially in a draft like this where there was a lot of question as far as, um, you know, what uh, is there a clear-cut number one? No, not necessarily, uh, at least in most people's eyes. And, and so when you have a draft like that, it's it's really you find a guy you like and you go get him. One of the questions about Patrick Williams is where is he going to play? 6'8", 225, coming out of Florida State. 
Uh, he's listed as a small forward on ESPN, but a lot of people assume he's going to play the four, although that kind of gets a little bit of a log jam in Chicago on a young team uh, as well. Jonathan Gavoni, uh, he has him projected as a three and D combo forward, so a little bit of mixture between the three and the four as well. A lot of potential, but the thing that gets brought up about Patrick Williams is, hey, he never started a game in college. How in the world does a guy who never starts a game in college get drafted number four overall? How can a guy who didn't start a game in college, average nine points, four rebounds, and one assist, ever have a decent NBA career? Well, I want to give you three other players. Uh, one player started one game in college. The other two did not start a single game in college. Let's start with maybe the guy that uh, you say, well, I hope Patrick Williams doesn't turn out as this, at least if you are a Chicago Bulls fan, Deion Waiters. Deion Waiters never started a game in college. He played two seasons. He averaged 20 minutes, 9.7 points, two rebounds, and two assists. Patrick Williams, 22 minutes, nine points, four rebounds, one assist. So very similar numbers. Then you go to Zach Levine, Patrick Williams' new uh, teammate in Chicago. He started one game in college. He played, on average, 24 minutes a game, 9.4 points, uh, uh, 2.5 rebounds, 1.8 assists. So, again, very similar numbers. Then the more recent, uh, most recent, I guess, would be Devin Booker. Now, Devin Booker didn't start in college, but granted, his situation was a little unique as they were playing uh, a rotation of five guys in, then they would sub out those five guys and bring in the next five for Kentucky. And that season, they went undefeated up until the loss to Wisconsin in the Final Four. Devin Booker played 21 and a half minutes a game. He averaged 10 points, two rebounds, one assist. You look at those numbers, Deion Waiters, Zach Levine, Devin Booker, and you'd say, well, none of those numbers in college stand out as great. But they're very similar to Patrick Williams' numbers. They fit that role of a six-man coming in off the bench, playing a decent amount of minutes, and, and having an impact in college, well, those guys all have turned into serviceable pros. I mean, you would argue Deion Waiters was maybe the, the least talented or at least the, the not as great career as Zach Levine and definitely as Devin Booker. But, I mean, if you have a guy who turns out as Deion Waiters, it's not the end of the world. Granted, you draft him Patrick Williams at number four. If he turns out like Zach Levine's career, I think you'd be okay with that. If he turns out as Devin Booker, you're definitely going to be okay with that. The question is, can Patrick Williams hit the three-point shots? He needs to show up at the three-point line in order to have a serviceable career in the NBA. Is number four too high for Patrick Williams? I argue no, it's not. I say if you like him and you studied it out, well, by all means, you go get him. And uh, if he doesn't turn out, you get fired. So at the end of the day... That's all up to the Chicago Bulls. If he's their guy, then by all means, go with them. And that's exactly what they did. During the draft, the news came out that Sacramento Kings and Milwaukee Bucks' proposed sign-and-trade deal with Bogdan Bagdianovich. Bogdan Bagdianovich? You know, that guy from the Kings. <laughs> it came out that he, he was not going to go to Milwaukee. As a matter of fact, he had not agreed because it would have been tampering. So, of course, they haven't even talked to him. And uh, the deal was off between Sacramento and Milwaukee, which really hinders what Milwaukee had planned because with Bagdanovich joining the team with Drew Holiday and uh, the Greek Freak and uh, Brooks Lopez 
and uh, Chris Middleton, all that seemed to be in a good situation and something that was going to turn out as at least a solid starting five for Milwaukee. Now there's a lot of question marks around it. Now, could Bogdanovich still end up in Milwaukee? Sure he could. Friday, all the conversations will officially begin with the free agents and, and working out different deals, so maybe they'll work something out. The rumor is Bogdanovich, after Drew Holiday's uh, deal went through with Milwaukee was going to cut the amount of money that Bagdanovich could get from Milwaukee and may cause him to back out as well. But uh, Milwaukee a little bit up in the air right now, exactly what their team is going to look like, not just their starting five. They don't have much of a bench going on right now either. They're going to have to go find uh, some guys somewhere in free agency to really fill out the team that, are, that they're trying to put together, whether they get Bagdanovich or somebody else. Uh, in in this team, they're still going to have to fill about five to six slots uh, with that, and that's not that's not super easy to do, especially when you do not have a whole lot of money to do it. And so, some of the veterans that Milwaukee could look to add: Justin Anderson, Tyler Johnson, Luke Mbamute, Jeff Green, uh, Harry uh, Giles, possibly Giles, <laughs> uh, possibly. And uh, so, there's just there's guys out there, but it's going to take a lot of work for Milwaukee to complete this team, to put a team around uh, Giannis to to make that run at a championship. And for what it's worth, I believe wholeheartedly, Giannis is coming back to Milwaukee. We'll talk about that more at the end of the episode. All right, let's talk about some teams that I liked in the draft that I think got better in the draft, and not just with the draft, but also with other trades that they made. I'm going to start off with the number one overall pick in uh, Minnesota, the Minnesota Timberwolves. They start off with Anthony Edwards, which I think was the right pick for them. He fits the system. He fits the need as well. There were a lot of question marks there about whether or not he could be uh, a guy that comes in and plays, and does he have the mind for it? Does he have the heart for it, the love of basketball, and all those sorts of things. But listen, Anthony Edwards, he can shoot. He can defend. He's got great size. He's going to, again, fill a need in Minnesota. He's going to help. They also get uh, Jaden McDaniels. And uh, he's going to be a solid prospect for them. He can develop the Andrew Bomaro. I have no, no idea about him. So I'm going to pass on him as far as saying anything uh, good or bad about him. But I like what Minnesota did by adding Ricky Rubio as well. Make the trade with Oklahoma City to bring Rubio back into the locker room. Rubio is a leader uh, in this in this team now. He is the guy that's going to step up. He has been proven to uh, to help his teammates, to uh, teach right there on the court his teammates as well. And it's a guy that is well-beloved in Minnesota also. Rubio comes in. He can start alongside D'Angelo Russell. He can also uh, back him up and come in and, and play the backup role. Paying him a lot of money to back up. I'm not sure that that's going to happen. But they got other guys like Jarrett Culver already on the roster, along with Carl Anthony Towns and D'Angelo Russell. This team got much better, I believe, uh, through the draft and through the trades they made. Another team is the Philadelphia 76ers. I do not like the 76ers. I do not like Ben Simmons. I do not like Joel Embiid for different reasons, but either way, I don't like either one of them. Doc Rivers now comes over. Daryl Morey's there helping run things with Elton Brand. I'm not sure how much Daryl Morey's helping or actually running things. But anyways, the 76ers, they made an addition by subtraction, first of all. Al Horford, who I like. He just didn't fit on that 76ers team. They ship him off to OKC. Then you have Josh Richardson, who underperformed 
uh, when they picked him up. They trade him off to Dallas to bring in Doc Rivers' son-in-law, Seth Curry. I'm not sure how great it is to have Seth Curry on the team. Austin Rivers, I guess they didn't get shown a ton of favoritism when he played for his dad. But nonetheless, Seth Curry's better than Austin Rivers. Seth Curry, Danny, Danny Green come over as well to the 76ers. And now they're replacing Horford and Richardson. Getting minutes, going to be helpful. Daryl Morey working on adding some shooting, some scoring to the team alongside that fits with Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid. I wasn't sure that those two could play together, but I believe that they are getting a cast around those two in Simmons and Embiid that can fill the needs, that can fit the system, that can produce scoring, shooting especially, that those two players aren't necessarily the best at. This is working. Then they draft Tyrese Maxey. How he fell to them, I honestly don't know. I thought he would go top 10. He is a scorer. He is a uh, three-point shooter. His his percentage was not good in his season at Kentucky, and I understand that, but the kid can shoot. He also defends. He's not lazy. He's out there playing his heart out, and he's very young. So you have that uh, that that process, if we can use that word with the 76ers, now where they can work on developing Tyrese Maxey, and he's going to be able to fit into a system, I believe, that's going to work well for him and well for Philadelphia. I think Philadelphia got much better uh, over the weekend as well. Then uh, you have Sacramento Kings. Sacramento Kings, they got better through the draft. Tyrese Halliburton, Robert Woodyard are two players, and they got more, two players they've added that I think are really going to help this team. I love De'Aaron Fox uh, in Sacramento. Uh, I, I think that they're okay with their bigs. They're not great. But I think they're okay with their bigs and an opportunity now for the 76ers to continue to grow with young players so that when the other teams in the West, the Lakers, the Clippers, the Warriors, all age out, Sacramento's going to be right there with some talent that's going to be at uh, really just the ideal point in their career. They might take over the league at some point uh, here in the next couple years. Then you look at some teams that maybe uh, didn't help themselves out a ton. I don't I don't like what Charlotte did. I'm not a LaMelo Ball fan. I'm not sure that his talent level is going to work in the NBA. I'm not sure that he has enough grit uh, to make it work in the NBA. We've already seen Lonzo. He's just a little soft, in my opinion. Uh, we saw it in college, I think, as well. But nonetheless, uh, Lonzo Ball and LaMelo Ball are two different people, although they're related and although they have the same crazy father. I'm just not a fan of LaMelo Ball. I'm not sure that Charlotte got a player that is going to be able to take them to any other level. I think they would have been better off with Russell Westbrook. Now, Russell Westbrook may not get you a championship, but I think he would have more success than LaMelo Ball in Charlotte. I don't think Charlotte got much better at all this weekend. Then you look at, or this week, and then you look at the New York Knicks. They bring in uh, Obi Toppin. I, I'm fine with the pick. They have uh, cut a lot of guys. Bobby Portis, Alfred Payton, Taj Gibson, Wayne Ellington. They cleared $40 million in cap space. I like some of the players they have in R.J. Barrett, Julius Randle. They draft Emmanuel quickly at number 25. Uh, we'll trade technically for him, but uh, Emmanuel quickly, I'm telling you, I live in Lexington, and I'm not a homer when it comes to Kentucky basketball, but Emmanuel quickly was the best player on their team last year, and he is a guy that can can impact, I believe, at the NBA level again through through offense, uh, through through uh, being the point guard of a team and distributing the ball, but also through scoring and also greatly through his defense. He's got he's got a wide wingspan and uh, and and provides some great things for New York. But New York at the moment where they sit without signing any free agents at the moment, 
they're not a very good team. Uh, they have some young talent, yes, but they have a long way to go to put together a team that can compete in the NBA. I want to close out the episode today talking about the Milwaukee Bucks superstar Giannis Antetokounmpo. The Greek Freak, so he's called, and great podcast, by the way, Adrian Wojnarowski on the Giannis draft. It really was a, a great listen uh, there, and I'd encourage you to listen to it as well. But here we are at a unique situation where there is a superstar and a small market team, and the question is, is, is he going to resign? Is he going to stay in Milwaukee, or is he going to run for a super team? Is he going to try to find another team out there that he can join up with other superstars, maybe in New York, maybe uh, in Miami, maybe somewhere else, who knows? Uh, he'd be a great fit in, in Phoenix, by the way. But anyways, uh, we have this situation now where the question is, is he going to resign? And people were saying, well, you know, they go out and get Drew Holiday. They they thought they had Bogdan Bogdanovich. That didn't work out. But nonetheless, they're doing all these things to keep Giannis, and they're acting like Milwaukee is desperately trying to add people to keep Giannis Antetokounmpo on their team. Now listen, if you're Milwaukee, you do whatever it takes. What? Ever it takes to keep him but I believe that Giannis is not like the other superstars I don't think Giannis is like LeBron James I don't think Giannis is like Kevin Durant I believe Giannis is someone who understands that the team that he's playing for drafted him and is taking care of him and is offering to take care of him for the rest of his career I put him in the category of Dirk Nowitzki. Now, you say, well, is Dirk Nowitzki as good as LeBron? No. Is he as good as Kevin Durant? No. But he does have a championship in a town that he was drafted in and that he stuck with his entire career. And Dirk Nowitzki is the most well-loved Dallas Maverick of all time. Giannis now has an opportunity to do the same thing in Milwaukee, and I believe he will. I believe you're, you're witnessing a superstar that is not so caught up on the outside world's opinion of him. He's not the kind of superstar that's going to put on a production and have a whole program centered around him breaking the heart of the city that drafted him. As a matter of fact, I view Giannis, the Greek freak, as the anti-LeBron James. And that's why I like him the most. Giannis Antetokounmpo, if he goes somewhere else, I will be eating crow. But I just don't see it happening. I think he's the superstar that the NBA needs right now. Someone who is loyal to their fan base. Someone who is loyal to the city that drafted him. Someone that young NBA fans can grow up watching and be able to cheer for him as a Milwaukee Bucks fan as opposed to just a Giannis fan. We have a generation that are LeBron fans, and they follow LeBron whichever team he goes. Yet, where are the Cleveland Cavaliers fans? They're hard to find. Giannis Antetokounmpo is giving us what we desperately need in the NBA. Someone we can look up to. Someone we can actually like. That's my opinion. Share your opinion on Twitter at SportsStove or through email, thesportstove at gmail.com. Thank you for listening to today's Sports Stove Podcast. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. Feel free to share the podcast as well if you enjoyed it. 
Thank you to our sponsors, Belly Up Sports, bellyupsports.com, and RA Marketing, goradigital.com. Stay tuned for more episodes to drop in the near future, but until next time, I'll see you around the sports stove.